0: Well, hello everybody, it is episode 11 of A Secret to Everybody, I am Ben, and this week we're going to be talking about some of my favorite easter eggs and some video games. Now there's a whole lot of them to talk about, so this will be a brief list this week, but we should revisit this topic some other time because there are a lot to talk about. That being said, let's jump right into it because I don't have a whole lot to say about anything else. Um, This week was the reveal of Microsoft's new console, it is called the Xbox One, O-N-E, just some, some preliminary specs here for you, it will have 8 gigabytes of RAM, it'll have a Blu-ray drive, finally, Xbox hasn't had that yet, it'll have USB 3.0 ports, which will be nice, it would be faster to transfer things if you plug a USB uh, device in, and HDMI input and output, that's all good stuff. Also with the Xbox One, there's a whole new Kinect that's going to come with the system, and it'll be used for a lot more functions. I've heard a few things, like you'll be able to say Xbox turn on, when the system's not turned on, and it'll be a, it'll turn itself on. Other things like that, so apparently the Kinect's going to be used for a lot more than just some motion control. The camera's also been beefed up, it, it reads in higher definition, and it also reads in, f- in faster frames per second, so look for more Kinect functionality there. The controller also is similar. The buttons are in the same places, and it's still the A, B, X, Y buttons. As it does have a few tweaks, though. The uh, D pads and the control sticks are a bit a bit better responding, and the triggers are supposedly a little bit better at that too. Also, apparently, from what I've been seeing, the system lets you run two things at once. There's sort of a games window and an apps window. I guess you could call it that. So you could be running an app like Skype or your web browser or the Pizza Hut app while waiting for a game to put you into a match or, say, update maybe at the same time. Kind of like you would use the Alt-Tab or Command-Tab shortcut on your computer to switch between two open windows quickly. That's what I imagine this would be like. So that would be kind of cool if you have an update for a game or something that will take a while and you don't really want to worry about it. You can switch over to something else while that's, that's updating or whatever, so that's kind of neat. That's pretty much all I can say for now about the Xbox One. They haven't named a price or anything. They did say the hard drive will be 500 gigabytes, so I don't it, I don't know if they'll be offering different prices. Kind of like we talked about before, actually, with the pay-as-you-go plan. So maybe maybe the 500 gigabytes will just be a standard. Everyone gets that, which is pretty nice for a for a new system. And that's that's a pretty big amount of storage, considering the old systems, the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, might have only had I think some of the, I think they made a PlayStation only had 20 gigabytes. And I'm pretty sure the Elite Xbox had 200 or something, so 500 will be a really good to start with, especially if they're claiming how it's going to be your one system for all of your entertainment, so you'll need a lot of space, so that sounds pretty good. Other than that, I can't say too much about it now. It was just a reveal, kind of some teasing and stuff. Microsoft has said it will release later this year, so it won't be next year. So we'll be able to get our hands on it soon, probably by the winter, you know, when it usually releases around November. So look for more on the Xbox One at E3, which is actually just around the corner. It's June 11th to the 13th. So you can catch that. Obviously, we're not allowed to go to it, but you'll be able to catch that on TV or on demand, online, wherever you prefer. So I'm sure we'll get some E3 coverage on the new system, which will be really awesome. And one more thing, I do want to jump into before our main topic this week. I want to bring up a new YouTube channel I found recently that I've really been enjoying. Uh, the channel is called Really Freaking Clever. It's created by a Josh, Sh- Josh C. Joshua. Say that ten times fast. Um, his motivation for this channel came from he was kind of frustrated because he saw so many game channels that talked about all the bad things in games and nitpicked about them, which are funny, and I enjoy them. But he decided it was time for a change, and he was going to talk about the good things in games. So what he does, obviously his show is called Really Freaking Clever, he takes a look at things in games that were really groundbreaking for their time, or something that gamers weren't expecting that worked out really well. So far, he has covered some games that include Banjo-Tooie, Super Smash Bros., and Luigi's Mansion. This is not, however, your standard, you know, Mario 64 was so groundbreaking because it took a 2d series and put it in 3d none of that stuff he puts a lot of time into what he says and it's really interesting to hear because it's all somebody sort of like a did you know gaming combined with nostalgia kind of it's kind of hard to explain but you have to check it out for yourself it's a really good channel again really freaking clever uh, once I watched the first video I found of his, I wanted to watch all of them, even the even the ones that were of games that I don't really have a connection to, like Banjo Tooie. Obviously, I really wanted to watch because I really enjoy Banjo Tooie, but he has some other ones that I watched of games that I've never really played, like Ban- Luigi's Mansion, that I really enjoyed watching, even though I didn't know anything about the game. So definitely check him out, please, because I really think he's up and coming. He doesn't have a ton of views or anything yet, but I think he will because he's really good, really unique. I'll link his channel in the notes, and be sure to leave him some feedback, too, because he likes it. I mean, who doesn't, really? I do. And I guess I'll mention now, you can still call our number, uh, 203-903-ASTE. Still possible to call that. You can still comment on any of the links leave a comment on iTunes or a rating, that'd be really awesome. I really appreciate it. Haven't gotten a ton of feedback, but if I do, I'll be sure to take it into consideration. Any topics you'd like me to talk about, I'm definitely into or game for. Just let me know, I'm open to it all. So, that's all I have for small stuff this week, so let's jump into our main topic. We're going to talk about some of my favorite Easter eggs in games. So I'm going to change it up a little too, instead of just talking about them and rambling about however I see fit, I'm going to have a system, kind of, in which I grade them, which won't be totally serious, but of each one, I will tell you what game the easter egg is in, how you can access it, why it's awesome, and I'll rank its coolness on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being that you crack a smile, and 10 being that you can't wait to tell all your friends and hope they haven't discovered it because it's awesome this almost melted your face off. So that being said, let's jump in. There's only a few here. I didn't want to do a ton this week because I didn't want to overwhelm you, but here are five of my favorite slash coolest Easter eggs, in no particular order overall. The first one is the Insomniac Museum. So what game is it in? It's in Ratchet & Clank Going Commando. It's also in Ratchet & Clank Up Your Arsenal and Ratchet & Clank A Crack in Time. What is it? It's a location in these Ratchet & Clank games that lets you check out some of the enemies, locations, vehicles, weapons that didn't make it into the game, fi- the final game, as well as developer commentaries and other small bits of trivia like that. How do you access it? I'm focusing on the one in Going Commando here because it's the one that I found first and the one I've played the most. The other ones, I'm sure you could, you know, they're not super hard to get to, and I'm sure it's a similar way, but in Going Commando is the one I'll, I'll, I'll talk about here. There are a few ways to get to the Insomniac Museum and going Commando. The first, and I don't want to say the easiest way, but the simplest way is just to have all the weapons, upgrades, mods, everything like that pretty much finish the game 100%. And you could get there via a shortcut in the menu. Or secondly, there's a teleporter that would take you to the museum. It was located on a certain planet in the game, but you could only use that teleporter from three to four in the morning. So I guess if you wanted to, you could change your PlayStation's clock to B3 in the morning and then you could find that teleporter and the final way and the way I used was to follow a secret path along some grinding rails on, on the same planet that the second teleporter was in it will lead you to another teleporter that would take you to the museum that was always there this one was kind of cool because you had to go like you had to go on these rails to do something in the game that you actually had to do but there was a part to, to get to this room you had to like hit the end and you thought you were going to die and you could just float over to another rail and keep going to this museum which was pretty cool So why does it rock? Insomniac is a really great game company. I enjoy the Ratchet and Clank games, just like we talked about why I'm excited for the Ratchet and Clank movie, because they really do a good job, you know, with the humor and everything. The museum was an awesome way to see into everything that Insomniac did to make the game awesome. The fact, and the other thing that's really awesome, the fact that most of the weapons and the vehicles were completely controllable made it feel really cool. It wasn't just like you walk through and you were like, oh, that's nice. Something like, for example, compare this to the museum at the end of... Modern Warfare 2? Yeah, it was Modern Warfare 2. There really wasn't anything... It was cool to see, like, all the scenes and grab the guns, but you couldn't, like, really do anything. I mean, it was interactive, but not like this. The fact that you could pick up the weapons and check them out, or ride the vehicles around, or view the developers' quotes and things like that, that's really cool. And the best part of it is it felt like an awesome reward for coming as far as you did, or doing all you did to find it. The other interesting tidbit to say is... And some of the Ratchet and Clank games that weren't made by Insomniac, the developers of those games made a treehouse, which was the similar type of thing, they just called it the treehouse. And it was the same type of thing as the Insomniac Museum, but Insomniac did it first, so that's really cool. So, the rating for the Insomniac Museum, I give it an 8 out of 10 for the wealth of content and the fun factor. The second Easter egg is the developer's room. What game is this in? It's in Chrono Trigger. What is the developer's room? It's a game ending that lets you talk to the developers of the game in sprite form. Obviously, it was on the Super Nintendo. They have funny things to say to you. Some quote poetry. Some talk to you about things you need to do. Some tell you to get a life and quit playing games. Some even go as far as to play pranks, like pretending to reset your game or wipe all your data or make you fight another boss, things like that. How do you access it? Well, in Chrono Trigger... It's a time-traveling RPG, a really good one at that. If you haven't played it and you like RPGs... I mean, if you haven't played it and you don't like RPGs, there's no way. But if you haven't played it and you... Let me try that again. If you haven't played it and you like RPGs, that's probably impossible. If you haven't played it and you're on the fence about RPGs, play this because you will love it. Anyway, so in Chrono Trigger, you have to go through the entire game and beat the boss. and You basically prevent the apocalypse, is how that happens. And after you finish the game... Like a lot of games, there's a New Game Plus option, which lets you play through the game again, except that your characters have all of their strong weapons and stats and everything from when you finish, so the enemies are stronger. So it's like playing through the game again just for replay value, except you have everything you had from when you finished. In Chrono Trigger, what's really cool is, when you beat the game, you get the, ma- the real ending, but there are a ton of other endings, like if you play through a new game plus, you'll be strong enough to beat the final boss whenever you want, basically, as opposed to when you play through the first time, when there's a part where you fight the final boss but you're supposed to lose. So when you play through a new game plus, you're strong enough to go up and beat him whenever you want to, because all you have to do is travel to a certain time period, so depending on when you beat him, certain things in the game have and haven't taken place, and so you get a different ending. There's there's like nine different endings. It's really cool. This this is one of those endings. So what you have to do to access this, you have to beat the game for the first time, like I said, so you can use New Game Plus. And then once you do, you go back into New Game Plus, and you play through the very beginning of the game, where, in the, in the, in the first time you play through, there's a teleporter that takes you to the Middle Ages, and that's how you start your game, the quest. But when you play through on New Game Plus, there's a second teleporter to the right that'll be active, and it'll take you to the final boss, right then and there. So you have to beat the final boss with just the first two characters, no one else. So it's it's tougher. If you manage to do that, and you take down the final boss, you will go into this developer's room after you beat the game, and that's where you can talk to all the developers and meet them and that kind of thing. Why it's awesome? Who wouldn't want to talk to developers of this awesome game? I mean, Chrono Trigger is well known for being one of the most amazing RPGs there is. They call it the dream team of the people that made it, the guys that worked on Final Fantasy and stuff. This game is one of the finest examples of an RPG there is, and they really put time and effort into the whole game and into making their own sprites, which is pretty hilarious. So the rating is 9 out of 10 for the epicness of talking to this dream team of developers. Number three is The Destruction of Waird. What game is this? It's in Golden Sun. What is it? Basically... If you don't feel like playing all the way through this awesome RPG, just refuse and let the nation be destroyed. How do you do this? After the prologue of Golden Sun, when you go through and figure out what's going to happen and why you have to save the world, you know, all that stuff that happens in RPGs, typically, you're asked if you will shoulder the burden of saving the world, and you can say yes or no. Simply say no, and, and the guy that's talking to you will tell you, make sure you are sure of your decision before you walk out of here, and if you do walk out of there, you lose control of your guy, and the game tells you that the basically, you know, the world followed its course. The bad guys succeeded, and the world was destroyed. Of course, you know, after after that happens, you can just continue where you left off and talking to the guy. So it's not like it's you know a big deal. It's just something funny. Why why does this rock? The cool thing is most games, especially game RPGs like this, force you to make choices. I mean, even if you say no, it'll either just ignore it and then ask you again, or just a character will say something different and it'll keep going. But I think it's funny that this game actually lets you say no. And it sticks to that. So, just something funny. Some might not even call it an Easter egg, but I think it is because a lot of people wouldn't think to say no in that situation. What's the rating? I give it 2 out of 10 for the Destruction of Wayard. Not cool, man. Number 4 is the Chris Houlihan Room. What game is this? It's in A Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. What is this? Back in the day, Nintendo Power held a contest to get your name into the upcoming new Zelda game, which wasn't out yet. It was... link to the past, but we didn't know what it was yet. This kid, Chris Houlihan, won, and this is his secret room. How do you get to it? There's more than one way, but this is the easiest. You have to start from the sanctuary in the game and speed run using your Pegasus boots to Hyrule Castle through the forest to the same hole where you initially dropped down in the very beginning of the game to sneak in. If you're fast enough coming from the sanctuary to that hole, instead of dropping down into the catacombs under the castle, you'll drop down into the Chris Houlihan room, and it'll say, my name is Chris Houlihan. This is my secret room. Keep it tw- between us, okay, and you'll get some rupees. Which is also funny, too, because it, it's also playing on words of a secret to everybody, which is a recurring theme throughout Zelda. So, why is this awesome? I mean, think about it. Every kid, today and back, especially back then, wants his name in a game. This thing, this Easter egg was so cool to see. It was, t- It was really hard to find. It was top secret. I mean, barely anybody knew about this before the internet. I mean, can you imagine finding this back in the day? Like, you're playing Zelda, and all of a sudden, you just roll into that hole, and you see this. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. Really a unique experience to find that. And this, they probably made this kid's day. What a cool contest, and they actually followed through on it, you know? So I give this rating a 10 out of 10 for making some kid's life back then. Number five, and our last one for today, is Psycho Mantis in Metal Gear Solid. What game? It was Metal Gear Solid. What is it? It's not a true Easter egg, because you don't find it off the beaten path or through some certain series of events, but it is cool nonetheless, I think. In the fight with Psycho Mantis, who is an enemy in the game, it's a boss who's psychic It can supposedly read what you're going to do and stuff, he has psychic control over you and you can't move at all when you start fighting him, so you're like, what the heck am I supposed to do? So... However you do it, you are sp- You have to figure out, to defeat him, you have to take your controller out of your PlayStation and plug it into the second port. And, in addition, Psycho Mantis will comment on the games you have on your memory card that are made by Konami. He won't do every game, but if you have games by Konami, like Castlevania, he'll start talking about them. So, how do you access this? Like I said, you can't really miss it. Just fight Psycho Mantis, and if you want to, have some Konami saves on your card. So, why does this rock? It was 1998. This was pretty awesome, pretty creepy. It really brought the fear to the player and made it kind of personal. Like, who knows what games I have, and the fa- the feeling of plugging the second controller poured in so that you would break his psychic grip—that's that- just cool. It was really a good idea, and for 1998, that was really innovative. So, rating I give it is seven out of ten for ingenuity and originality. So I can keep going on of these. There's a million Easter eggs out there, but I picked these because I think they're the coolest are the funniest and the most rewarding. There's so many. It's funny when you sit down and try to think about them. Like, I thought I'd have so many, and then I was kind of scraping to get the best ones. You know, and, you yeah, know, there, there's more I could do. I'm sure I will at some point. So I hope you've enjoyed this. That is all we have for today. It's kind of a slow week, I guess. But I hope you enjoyed it this week, and I'll see you next week. And tonight, for the outro, we have Lunar Harvest by my friend Fox Energy. Check his page and his music out if you would. He's a really good guy let me use this music a bunch of times i really appreciate that so i will see you next week